Hello and welcome to another glorious day. It's about 70 degrees outside on a Tuesday afternoon. And uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I hope the weather is spectacular. I hope that you have had a chance to enjoy the day a little bit. Get outside, get your hands in the dirt, maybe take your shoes off, walk through the grass. Because there's something really powerful about getting back in touch with nature. You know, I, I think I think there's some groups that talk about this thing called grounding, uh, and not like you know installing some six gauge wire attaching to a ground lug. I'm talking about like taking your shoes off and walking around on the dirt for a little bit, or walking through the grass and uh, and getting uh, getting back in touch. But, uh, but I also wanted to apologize to everyone. It's been so long since I got on here and, uh, and shared some crazy thoughts with everyone. Uh, so let me apologize and move right into uh, what I wanted to talk to everyone about today. And, and simply put, I wanted to talk to you about money. You know, a lot of people talk, or let me rephrase that. People have told me in the past that you know all you need is love and I, I get it you know the Beatles you know sure all you need is love but you need money I mean why on earth do we go and spend eight plus hours every day to make you know these these dollars if it wasn't important right so so I wanted to talk to everyone about money and maybe open everyone's eyes a little bit to you know what's going on with your money so if you're in the United States and you're listening to this or actually if you're in Canada even listening to this I think you know both of our money systems are very similar uh, but anywhere else in the world I got nothing you got your own money systems but I'm speaking of, uh, of America uh, USA and Canada's money systems and and I wanted to kind of put the light on what is happening to our money system so follow me for a second and and we're just going to go and do like a quick little history lesson on what has taken place uh in, in the last little bit so i believe it was nixon in 1971 that said bottom line is we're not gonna stick with a gold standard anymore we're gonna take our dollars off of the off of the gold standard, uh, which which virtually meant that the entire world went off of the gold standard. So as long as you know, for years leading up to that, as long as the dollar was backed by a physical amount of gold, it held its uh, it, it held a consistent rate of exchange. So let's fast forward. You know, I don't know, 40 years, 50 years, almost now to today's world. The dollar, the same dollar that your great-great-granddaddy or grandma, whatever, socked away, stuffed in a mattress, collected, that same dollar is now 94% less effective. Now let me explain what that means. That means that basically you had a cup of milk and over the years, somebody poured in 94 more percent of water so would you call that a glass of milk anymore 
I sure wouldn't. It's been diluted down and diluted down and diluted down so that the power or the validity or the, uh, what's the word, uh, purity of the milk is watered down. Same thing has happened to our dollar. The same exact thing has happened. The Federal Reserve just prints and prints and prints money like it's going out of style. And every sheet of dollars that come out of that printing machine make our dollar a little weaker and a little bit more weaker and a little bit more weaker. And, and the reason for that is that supposedly our dollar is now a, uh, a open market traded item. So the market decides what the value of the dollar is. So depending on fear and, and uh, you know, and, and all those other different emotions that go into it, the rate of the dollar, you know, dips and dives and dips and dives. And it's, it is absolutely crazy that you and I get told from our government, from our educational systems, from all these different angles in our life, you know, go out and get your own car and get a, get a loan and go out and get a house and oh you can buy a house four or five times the amount of money that you make uh, gross um, uh, in a year and you're in your salary and there's just a big fundamental problem with this whole system I'm sure as as the news you know force feeds us information about the world you've seen other people's you know other countries financial systems fall and the reason why they fell is that they they their source of it you know their source of money was so diluted that it couldn't hold its own weight anymore so when you think about currency and when you think about gold and when you think about credit and when you think about loans and all these different you know financial things just know that our government keeps us dumb and I'll say that again our government keeps us dumb they literally want to keep us uneducated so that we will continue to do what we do spend money get loans take out leases on vehicles you know, buy, uh, buy things that will depreciate on credit. So you, you got compound interest working against you. It's just nuts. So I've been doing a little bit of research. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of learning stuff. I'm a big fan of, of teaching others or showing others what I've learned and letting them start to make their own decisions from it and, and, and start to build their own conclusions. And I, I really wanted to tell everyone, you know, all of you today, that our money system is messed up. It is very, very, very messed up. Look up uh, fractional reserve banking. Just Google fractional reserve banking. And you're going to learn that if I was a bank, you know, if it was, if it was Cliff Bank, and I had a thousand dollars in my, you know, coffers and locked up in the in the vault. I could literally loan out ten thousand dollars. Now you're probably saying, "Whoa, what? why would you be able to do that?" 
you don't have $10,000 Cliff Bank, you only have a thousand. So you would think that you could loan out 10, you know, $100 bills, right? But that's not how fractional reserve banking works. Fractional reserve banking works in the concept where you can 10 times loan out what you have. Now, how cool would it be if you and I <clears throat> were able to loan, like say when we bailed out the banks in 2008, if we were to collect interest on all those ones and zeros, all the digital you know, currency that was, was you know, shifted from one account to the other account, just imagine if we were to collect interest all that and we didn't have to shell it out. So, so here's, let me roll back to the example. I'm Cliff Bank, I've got $1,000 in my coffer, but I loan out $1,000 to 10 different people. Each one of those people are now paying me back their thousand bucks, right? Now, here, here's the crazy thing. I didn't have $10,000 to truly loan. I only had a thousand, but I'm getting paid back all this money. That's fractional reserve banking. And if anybody else were to do it other than a central bank, it'd be fraud. It'd be illegal and you'd get locked up because we're not allowed to print money. At least uh, nobody let me know that we can print money. It's messed up. It's not fair. And we're being hosed over and over and over. And, and isn't it interesting that all of our you know, previous presidents, the, 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 our forefathers that built the actual document that we are to live by, you know, that, <laughs> that thing that's got all these amendments, you know. So our constitution was put together by a, a very, very uh, bright and energetic and creative and very learned group of people. And they thought to themselves, they're like, hey, let's make sure that, you know, the government can't become the main controller of, of the, the money, right? We, we don't want the people to be controlled by the government. The government is supposed to be controlled by the people. How far have we come? So, so I say this whole rant uh, because a couple years ago, me and my wife Heidi uh, heard, you know, too many people tell us, you, should, you guys should buy a house. You keep renting, oh, you're just throwing your money away. You, can, you should buy a house. So in 2010, we, you know, started looking, started digging around, found a, uh, found a place for $174,000. Now, I, nor she, had $174,000 sitting around. So like most every other American and Canadian, we went to the bank, right? And say, hey, what are we pre-approved for? Well, the bank looked at our debt to income ratio and said, oh, well, <laughs> we're gonna pre-approve you for, I think it was 200,000 or something like that. And, and I definitely wasn't making that kind of money. And I was just kind of shocked. I'm like, man, what kind of mortgage, you know, what kind of payment is that gonna end up creating? And how long, you know, anyway, all the, all the semantics about it. So we, we went to the closing table. We bought a house. When the bank loaned us that money, the bank didn't go back into the vault and take a couple stacks of hundreds or grab a bar of gold and, and bring it out to us and say, here you go. No, 
they clicked a mouse and in a nanosecond, they created a 30 year mortgage for, for me to pay back. For, I think it was like 1,038 uh, a month for 30 years. Now for that $175,000 house, I'll probably end up paying, if, if we go the full term and alone, we'll probably end up paying 400, I don't know, 400, I mean, I can do the math right here real quick. Um, but you get what I'm saying, right? It's, it's shocking here. I, I kind of want to know the math now. So if we're talking 1,038 a month times 12 months a year times 30 years, so I'll end up, that's nuts. So that 154, I think it was 175, either way, 100 couple thousand dollar house, creating a mortgage of a monthly payment of $1,038, we'll end up paying $373,680 for this house. Now, did the bank actually have that money that they loaned me? No. <laughs> Because they loaned you and you and you and me and her and him and, and everybody all this money. But they never had it. But they're collecting interest on it. I mean, it, it is just shocking. So I, give me some feedback on this on this little episode here. I, I know it's a, as we're straying away from our typical uh, scenario, but it, it's been a while. I wanted to come back and spice it up a little bit, and, and I hope that that you guys are receiving you know receiving this well, and uh, and picking up what I'm laying down. I am telling you straight up, our government is keeping us dumb so that the banks can make millions of dollars off of us. So so last thing before this uh, before we we run on too long with this podcast. Look up what the Federal Reserve is. It sounds like a government entity, Federal Reserve. No, it's actually a central bank owned by, I believe, eight other banks, five of which are not even American owned. They're, they're from, I believe, Europe or something, right? So five European banks, three, uh, three of the big boy banks up in New York own the central bank or own the uh, Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is just a big bank that controls the flow of the money for this nation. And how interesting is it that a couple, I don't know, a handful of years ago, we bailed the banks out because they were doing all these low, low subprime mortgages. Everybody can get credit. You can get a house. You can get a house. You can get a house. And before you know it, they had overloaned exasperated their resource. I don't even know if that's a word, but they, they, they used every bit of it and then some, then some, then some. And they couldn't keep it up. They couldn't keep all the balls in the air. They couldn't keep the juggle going. So they said, oh my gosh, we're going to have to falter on all these loans. And in 2008, virtually anybody that owned a house at that time lost half of the value of their home because banks are running the show. So there is a revolution coming. I'm dead serious. There is a there's a group of men and women that are getting educated about this money system and they're not participating anymore. 
and I wanted to just kind of tip the iceberg a little bit and, and, and say hello. I'm so glad to get back in your ear hole. Check some of this stuff out. Fact check the shit out of me. Go back and, and dig up, do your own research. Don't believe a word I say. Just take a little bit of insight and be like, damn, what the hell is that dude Cliff talking about? I'm going to go find out if he's right or wrong. Because when I first heard about fractional reserve banking, I was like, no way, there's no way that that's the way that this system works. That's just absolute fraud. Check it out. Hit me back. And until then, <clears throat> just know that non-participation is the way that we're going to have to get out of this. It's not like we're going to be able to just shut the banks down. You can't go into the, like if you had, just imagine if you were to go into the bank and, and try to pull out, I don't know, let's say $10,000 cash right now. Pay me. It's my money. It's in my account. Give me $10,000. I would venture to say that bank is going to be reeling for how to do that. That bank is going to be like, well, why do you need the money? Well, why do you need the cash? Well, can't we, can't we put it on a secure credit line for you? Can't we do this? Can't we do that? Anything but pull cash out of our coffers. And it's a pretty weird day that we live in when our nation pays for our education and our education says nothing about money. It doesn't teach us anything about what money is, where it comes from, how it's created, how to, how to generate, I mean, it, it, school just did not do that for me. So again, hit me back, throw me some feedback. If your school sets you up with a whole financial understanding, then, then I will shut my lip and take it all back. But there's a reason why the government funds our educational systems. And there's a reason why you never heard that your forefathers warned about this whole system of a centralized bank. I mean, it, it's wrote in our constitution that our government is only able to coin money. It's not, it's not all this other, you know, making it into paper because that's not, that's not money. Pay, you know, what we know in today, as far as dollars and cash is just something that we all agree that is money. It's nothing in that green piece of paper that actually makes it valuable. It, you could burn it and you could, you could do a whole bunch of other stuff with it and nobody would really care unless we all agree that it's money. So, anywho, we've been, uh, we've been running on here. I'm coming up on, on a 20 minute here. Uh, and I know, you know, just jumping back in the saddle, I had a, a lot to say. So, I will talk to you soon. We're going to talk a little bit more about this financial matrix and, and, and figuring out how to get through it, how to get over it, and how to survive in really this crazy economy. So have a wonderful day. Keep up the PMA. Talk soon.